Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Yeah, I actually remember Baker Mayfield called me when I was um, in high school and talking about his walk-on experience and how, you know, no dream's ever too big and to always, always bet on yourself and, you know, that uh, really anything's achievable through hard work, dedication, and perseverance. And I remember after that call, I kind of had a new sense of... Uh, I don't know, belief, and it kind of made the decision a little bit easier for me. So that was something I'll really always appreciate. Is that serious? Uh, Coach Bob Stoops couldn't close the deal on getting uh, Drake to play at Oklahoma. They had to call in Baker Mayfield to seal the deal. Sounds like Drake wasn't going to give his dad much of a chance from uh, what I heard last night. And and for a very – I mean, I, I understand it, that this was the thought process at the time, but it's just kind of unfortunate. So I, I watched that Burlesworth Trophy uh, ceremony last night. You know, trying to get some content for the old KREF Sports uh, Twitter page and you. Facebook page. Yeah, you know, just – Going above and beyond. 90 minutes of my time last night just watching that. But, no, it was it was cool. They had one-on-one interviews with the players. and So, 2016, Bob steps down, and that was, you know, Drake's a senior in high school. And what he said last night is that – and he had scholarship offers elsewhere. I'm actually on his 24-7 uh, page right now. He had an Iowa offer, an Ohio offer, Air Force, Arkansas State, and some others. Uh, Memphis thrown in there, Western Kentucky – but he wanted to play he wanted to play at OU, you know, grew up around the program. The only thing is it sounds like because of what people would have said about being a walk on with your dad being the head coach, that that was kind of a deterrent for him throughout the recruiting process. Yeah. Um, but after his dad steps down, you know, maybe he's thinking more about OU. Baker Mayfield calls him, says, Hey man, here was my experience as a walk on and you heard Drake say it right there. That was one of the reasons, I think, why you know, he thought, well, maybe I am going to go to OU where I always want to go and take my chance and see if it works out. And, buddy, it worked out. Worked out just fine. Yeah. And I can understand that, you know. It's for – what, for whatever reason, and I get it, I, there, there's an assumption made that if Drake goes and plays at Oklahoma – as a walk-on, well, you know, he's only getting that spot because um, I, I get that he felt strongly about go-carving his own path, you know. I, I get that. I just am very thankful that he ended up coming to Oklahoma. Seriously, very. man. I mean, seriously. had he not, he never would have made my top three all-time Sooners list. Yeah, and I need to go back and look since 96. How many? Because Two he, people since 96 have made my top three. <laughs> That's it. And Joe Washington pre-1996 yep. was the other. But he's in, a, he's in a special group. I Offhand, maybe I could offer up a guess. But how many wide receivers from OU have made all Big 12 first team at least one time in their career? Well... I mean, he, he's They're, in that. He's most in that of them group. are like first round. I, I know. I, I mean, that's the point, though. Is like Clayton's yeah. going to be on that list. Um, uh, CDs, uh, Sterling Shepard, DD West. I mean, there's some big names that he's yeah. in that that group with. That's a that's a big deal, man. That's that's pretty cool when you think about it that way. Yep. 
Yep. Um, pretty impressive from him, man. Really awesome. Earned, and I hope he has an awesome send-off Alamo Bowl. I hope we make an effort to force-feed him the football. And, frankly, I'll tell you. Do you need I'll to make an you, effort at this point? I mean, no, but part of the offense. With a, with a young quarterback getting his first start, uh, the throws – closer to the middle of the field you are the easier those throws can become and uh drake stoops the great route runner that he is that's going to be a perfect outlet for jackson arnold yeah i just that that's one of those where hey you know stay within the offense do your thing we'll call up some some chances down the field but stick close to number 12 that's that's what you need to do this game yep target 12 and and you'll be in a good spot I guess Dylan Gabriel said today that it's not – he hasn't, like, made up his mind if he's going to play in the bowl game or not. I just – I don't see it, man. I, I got Oh, really? He yeah, said that? Yeah. Um, I'll, and I'll find the exact quote. I, I just got to think that Jackson Arnold's going to be the one playing in the bowl game in this one. I've been talking with Coach BV and just figuring all this out. It's a little early just to say anything. I'm trying to take it day by day. Well, that's interesting. I guess – For whatever reason, I had already assumed that he wouldn't play. Um, Interesting. What do you? I think. What do you make of that? I. I I don't. What would you prefer? I would prefer. um, I mean, I prefer winning the game, so that's tough. I've I've definitely come around to the idea of I would prefer Jackson Arnold getting the. First team reps all month long and getting a start in a game like this against a good team is, is what I would prefer. I'd like yeah. 11 wins. I think that's a big deal. But with the situation that you're looking at next year and the challenge, I, I absolutely – like, I think the game is valuable. Like, don't get me wrong. I think starting the game and playing in that game against a top 15 team is valuable. But I think, like, the three weeks before the game, going through everything yeah. as the first team guy – I actually think that that's more valuable than the actual game itself for him. He's he's essentially getting nearly an entire spring of you know first first uh, team reps, starter reps, starter coaching, um, you know, developing all that chemistry. And that's that's invaluable. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just never even considered once he entered the portal that he would play i think i I mean i think i think i threw the question out there thinking that you know there's really no chance but what would you say if he played um i don't that's that's fascinating to me i think now if i was to judge by the interviews we had last night with billy bowman and ethan downs i I guess a mistake by me was I assumed I was going to be Jackson Arnold and just kind of talking to those guys. I can't remember if it was on air or off asking about the young buck getting the starts and, and, and they, they didn't push back on that and say, well, we don't know yet. And maybe they wouldn't in that setting anyways, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Here's a good point I, I by Mojo Eraser. And this is just how college football works these days. So I guess if you can somewhat keep the suspense there, I, I guess you do. He's saying he's working it out, but in reality, he doesn't want to tip off Arizona. Um, he knows he's not playing. They do not give out info for free. 
And I'm sure Arizona's like us thinking, yeah, it's going to be Jackson Arnold. But I guess yeah. don't don't say it publicly unless unless you know. But Cherokee Sooners pointing out, yes, if he visits Oregon before the game, would they even let him play? Like, I think there's a very good chance he knows where he's going. It's been announced before the bowl game even gets here. And maybe that's Oregon. Maybe it's somewhere else. But I, I think we I think we find out he's an Oregon Duck well before the game even happens. So I I just think it's Jackson Arnold, man. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I I lean that way too. And that's a good point about not tipping off Arizona. Um, and I don't, I don't even know the rules on that. You know, if if he's if he's not enrolled at Oregon, does that even matter? Like, doesn't have to? Wouldn't you have to wait until he enrolls? Like, wouldn't he still be eligible even if he air quotes commits or whatever to order here's what i think i think if he were truly going to play or truly even thinking about playing it's one of those where he doesn't enter enter into the transfer portal yesterday because he 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 was like in the morning on the first day man like bam he's there i bet it's probably one of those where he goes through the bowl practices he's not in the portal but through back channels or however that works, um, he's communicating with teams as to where he wants to play next year. And then after the bowl game, he enters into the portal and goes to that school. But the fact that he entered into it day one as early as he did yesterday, yeah. dude, I mean, Jackson Arnold starting that game. Yeah. And the other part of it, and I'm sure the text line is heating up with this, this same point, the other part of it is if you're Oregon and you've made some type of NIL offer, and he has at least made uh, a verbal agreement on that. Like, that is not still on the table if you go tear your ACL in the Alamo Bowl against Arizona, you know? Yeah, I, just, and, I don't think he's playing in this game. Yeah. That's, that's fine. That's probably right. I mean, maybe he shows up to it and stands on the sidelines. I, I don't, maybe he doesn't even get that far. I have no idea. But in terms of him suiting up, maybe Brent is so committed to this. Maybe they're so committed to the idea that it's like the Texas game last year, Teddy, and he goes through warm-ups with his helmet on and everything, throwing before the game. And then here comes here comes Jackson Arnold running in. Maybe he goes wild. out there. I th- maybe he takes a couple of snaps for a quick kick. Hey, that was the huh? best punt they had this year when he did yeah. that. That's right. That's right. Don't count that out. Nice thing to put on your resume. Maybe he can get an extra ten grand from Oregon when he uh, puts his punting abilities there on his resume. Yeah. I like that. Maybe it's worth a couple of extra NIL bucks. Who knows? Let me uh, let me roll through a few texts here. From the yeah. 405, Gabriel does not see the field, in my opinion. I, I agree with that. Sooner finish in Raleigh. Am I crazy? But with the line that BV is taking towards recruits visiting other schools after committing, should be the same way with the transfer portal. You're in the portal. You're off the team. Yeah. I don't know. I agree to that until there's a guy in the portal that we have to have that we want to play in the bowl game. So, yes, I agree with that until until we need a guy. 405, I'll love the DG, but if he wanted to play, he should have waited to hit the portal. Uh, 402, DG has stated he's moving on OU, should do the same thing with JFA. 909, how about DG on opening series to say goodbye, then hand it over to JFA? Go out there and um, hand it off one time or make one completion to Drake Stoops and then jog off to an ovation. 
Stoops, and then some sort of a DG salute or, yeah, and and that's it. 405, hey guys, any update on whether Dylan is on his way to Oregon? Pete Thamel said earlier today that he will be taking a visit there. Yeah. They are the, they're not the betting favorite. They weren't the betting favorite yesterday. That was Mississippi State at minus 200. And then it was Tennessee plus 325, and then Oregon was, was next. Maybe you should have played that yesterday, you know? Drop a yeah. hundy on that. Yeah. Is the same thing going to be said about Dylan Gabriel by Oregon fans as it was Oklahoma fans? Hell, he can't throw the deep ball. He underthrows it. <laughs> he ain't accurate. It's already been pointed out today on the text line that, and I mean, it's a fair point. You can't really argue with it, but Dylan Gabriel didn't play his best games and bad weather games and well, uh, the, the what the forecast normally looks like in Eugene and in the Big Ten for some of those road games, mm. yeah, yeah. Oversight? You tell me a, a scouting oversight by Lanning and crew I, I up think there. It's an oversight by Dan Lanning for sure. Mm. They, uh, I was looking at their schedule earlier. It's like uh, new boy. Next year, their Big Ten uh, schedule. I think they get both Ohio State and. Michigan next year on their schedule. Who do they, they – and they've been pretty good in the non-con. Do they have anyone non-conference? At Hawaii, Idaho at home, the Sand Aggies, Texas Tech at home, and then Boise State at home. Then they've got Ohio State at home, and they're at Michigan. Washington at home at Wisconsin. Dang, that is a yeah. fun schedule. And that Tech game – that Tech game's not a – I mean, Texas—it's gonna—they're gonna be a decent fringe top twenty-five type of team in the non-con. Whenever you look at the rest of that schedule, I mean, that's it's a pretty decent. That's a good schedule. That's really good. Yeah, and then you have a OU schedule next year, which is about. I, like, I, I'm sure other people are doing that as well with OU. Like, dang, okay, at LSU, at Auburn, at Ole Miss, hell, even Missouri was a good team this year. They get Bama and Tennessee yeah. at home. Looks a lot different than what we've seen previously. God. Missouri. How about that? Missouri has a chance to finish the season, what, seven, eight? Yeah, it makes me sick. What If they beat Ohio State, where do you think they end up? Well, they would jump Ohio State, so probably, yeah, probably seven. I, I don't know. Jump like, Ohio State, Half maybe of their jump. offense is going to be opt-out for that game. But, yeah, I mean, uh, they'll finish as a top-eight team if they win the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Which, you know, at this point, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. It makes our schedule look better next year. and Yeah. I'm by down for by it. the way, uh, Arizona is a three-point favorite over uh, OU after all the news yesterday. That's the current line. Wh- wh- I wh- think wh- that's fair. Which side you feeling at this point? A few weeks out from the game. Um, I th- I I feel okay about us winning. I'd say just whatever you want to call it, just the slimmest of margins. Edge Oklahoma. I expect to see, I expect to see a pretty sharp Jackson Arnold out there, and they're gonna they're gonna watch that BYU second half, and probably not be all that impressed with what they see. Um, look like a solid backup quarterback. They're gonna think he can throw and, it eighty yards when they watch that game. Well, at least think yeah. that. Um. So I, I don't know. I 
it, it really all depends on who else do we see jump in the portal, and does can Jackson Arnold make some big strides throughout the the next month and go in there and play a smooth, clean, efficient game as his first start? I mean, that's yeah, uh, it's, it's it's the really biggest story. Handicap that. It's the biggest story I think of the entire game. Um, re, re, for if for he goes side. and plays, if he plays average, we probably lose a tight one. If he plays like really good or or good as is the best quarterback on the field, we probably win a close game. By the way, here's CBS rankings of the uh, the best bowl games, most exciting bowl games this year. One is Michigan and Bama in the Rose Bowl. Mm. Two is Texas and Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Might flip flop those two, but I guess no big issue there. Three is Florida State and Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Okay. Four is Penn State and Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. And yeah. at number five, Thursday night, December 28th, 8 15 Central, the Alamo Bowl, number 12, Oklahoma, number 14, Arizona. Freaking idiots. They could have had Ohio State, Oklahoma. Yeah, blue right? blood matchup or, for sure. Or uh, Oklahoma, Oregon. All right? But no. Look, how awkward would that Oklahoma-Oregon situation be right now if we're about to yeah, play them Gabriel, in, a, in a New Year's Six? You ever see anyone in a game that they have a jersey and it's like a half jersey of both teams? That's what Gabriel yep. would be wearing to the game. be great. It's like, we'll give you this big NIL deal when you hit the portal. If you go out there and throw the football game, we'll add an extra million on top. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out at Metro Ford of OKC. Number one F-150 dealer in the entire state. And it's a December to remember. Metro Ford of OKC has 1.9% for 60 months on the 2023 Ford Escape. 1.9% for 60 months on the 2023 Bronco Sport. 0%, yeah, that's right, 0% for 60 months on the 2023 Ford Edge. And, of course, the big playmaker of them all, the 2.9% for 72 months on the 2023 Ford F-150s. Come see us here at Metro Ford of OKC. Is the next big thing here at OU. Um, Jackson's a great guy, uh, a great player as well. So I just feel like it's his time to you know show what he has and bring that young leadership into the locker room. Since I, what I've seen from him since I've been here is, is like you said, obviously arm talent. He has NFL level arm talent right now. And um, uh, one thing that uh, I noticed when he first got here is just being able to read defenses. You know, uh, most of that is due to what you know Venables does on defense. You know, he does a lot of um, extravagant stuff, but. Um, He's gotten definitely way better at that. You know, every time he gets in the game, you you see what he can do. Billy Bowman last night from Rudy's. Billy, Billy, Billy talking about JFA, Jackson Arnold, what type of quarterback he is. Said very nice things about the freshman quarterback this year. And Billy Bowman will be playing in a bowl game. And did you get a hint one way or the other? I know you asked him the question, but did you get a hint one way or the other if he's coming back next year? Or is it still a mystery? Um, I uh, – he, he, he didn't really say one way or the other. If I had to guess, I would say he comes back purely a guess. But I think the fact that he was there doing the, uh, doing the interview, like he's one of the guys that they sent. He's playing in the bowl game. I mean, I think those are all pretty strong indicators that – well, I guess he didn't say he's playing in the bowl game, did he? Yeah, no, you um, guys – yeah, I think um, 
Toby asked him a follow-up because he said something, and I, I thought at the time, too, like, oh, it sounds like what he just said, it sounds like he's going to play in the bowl game. And I believe Toby asked a follow-up was, like, uh, well, it, just, it sounds like you're playing in a bowl game. He's like, yeah, 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 I am. No, he said, I haven't decided yet. On the bowl game? Yeah. You're sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> but you know me. Well, we're I, right back at the place that we started here. <laughs> Who knows? I'm pretty sure that he said he has not decided on whether or not he's playing in the bowl game yet. Okay. All right. Well, maybe Toby will text us here as to what he exactly said. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll ask Toby, but I, I could be wrong on that. I, who knows? Who knows? I hear, I hear what I want to hear, I guess. Oh, you optimists, don't you guys think we will need to score 60 on Arizona to win it based on the way their offense and our defense finish their seasons? 60, dang. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't take that off the table. I mean, the way we uh, kind of yielded some points down the stretch and weren't playing our best defense kind of makes you feel like we're going to have to put up a lot of points. But, you know, I also feel like there's a, a big window for us to get healthy dial in a good game plan and and be able to go out there and play good on that side of the ball. But I guess nothing is guaranteed. By the way, text line's blowing up here. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock, Don, Sam and Edmund, Jim in Arlington. Uh, Billy Bowman said he's playing in the bowl game and still undecided on coming back. Okay. So that's what he was said. Well, I was wrong and I was sitting right next to him. <laughs> the least, least surprising result ever. Least uh, yeah. that was less surprising than uh, Florida State getting left out of the playoff. Which, um, how about Bob's answer to that? Bob's answer to that was, you know, give Florida State credit. They scheduled two SEC. Everyone wants to talk about SEC, SEC, SEC. They scheduled two SEC teams away from Tallahassee and handled them both. That's right. That's that's true. That's true. And. And bookended the season with them, right? Close to it, anyways. Well, no, that no, that's. I mean, that the first and last regular season game were against SEC teams. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We had the LSU, the the big opener, and then uh, ended it with, with Florida, which you know, rivalry game, tough game. Both of them on the road or away from their their place. So, I mean, it it's a compelling argument. I understand. The anger out there, I, I'm i not angry. I probably would be if I was a Florida State fan or involved with that program, but I mean, I get it. I'm just shocked it took this long for it to happen. <laughs> it's not all bad, Florida State. Here's what you do. Just go out and win your bowl game. I know that might be difficult against a, a good Georgia team, but who knows if Brock Bowers plays and some of your other players just learn from uh, one of your other in-state schools. You win the bowl game, and then you claim the national championship. Just claim it. Yeah. UCF claimed it, and everyone complained about it and made fun of them, but you can do it. Flor- you have a better claim Florida State than UCF did. One went away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it, that is a legitimate question, though. I. What happens – if they beat Georgia, 
What happened? I, un- I, under- I understand that you're not in the playoff, and the playoff winner is going to, you know, raise the – they're going to raise the the trophy, and they're going to be the national champion. But if you've got a – what would be a 14-0 team that just beat the reigning national champion, and especially if you've got, like, let's say Alabama wins it or – or if Texas wins it, where you've got a one-loss national champion, I mean, that's actually a pretty compelling case. I say that you either use one of your old ones that you already have in the facility, or you just create a new one. And remember the old Sears trophy with the crystal football? You know, the national championship trophy that is much better than the national championship trophy that they have now? Just present that to yourself, the old Sears trophy with the crystal football there in Miami if you win the game. You can claim the national championship, and you'll have the better national championship trophy between the two teams, or be- between you and the other team that actually wins it. Yeah, crazy. I actually, I actually want that to happen. I want a one-loss team to win the national championship, and I want Florida State to beat Georgia. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Do it. I mean, come on. Like the text line saying, hey, Oklahoma State claims the 1945 national championship. Three different yeah. teams claim the 1950 national championship. Or uh, OU, Kentucky, Kentucky, and Tennessee, I think, all claim yeah. the 1950 championship. So yeah. college football has been wacky. It's been weird all these years. Why, why, can't, why can't Florida State do it this year? Just, just go ahead and do it. Right. Uh, I, that's, that's wild. What a wild year. It gets crazier and crazier. I mean, the first year of the 12-team playoff is is got to have some something silly happen too, right? Doesn't it? I mean, that's how the four teams started off with Ohio State. Well, yeah, something silly is going to happen, but it's not going to be anything silly that's negative or bad towards the SEC. Haven't we learned that by now? Like something yeah. silly or bad might happen to the ACC next year. And that's probably your most likely target or even the Big 12. But if there's a real debate about someone getting a bye versus a first-round playoff game, like the, the SEC is going to get the benefit of the doubts. I don't, I don't doubt gotcha. that too, too much, is, it would be my guess. What, what are you rooting yeah. for next year? First-year bye? Or, uh, excuse me, first-round bye? Or, uh, so we can get greedy a little bit here. Why not? First-round bye or a home playoff game in the first round? Home playoff game. God, it would just be so cool. It'd be awesome. Yep. Yep. I mean, I I guess I would not be mad at either. But hosting a a first round playoff game against, gosh, who knows who it might be. You Oregon and Dylan Gabriel. There's your matchup. Yeah, I mean, it seriously. That's kind of what you think it would be. A really good non conference champ right most likely who you'd play um well i mean it kind of depends on where you're at if you're the number five seed you might play the the non-power five team in the first round but if you're looking at like six seven eight then yeah maybe something like that for sure um by the way and look we'll we'll keep you dialed in on what's going on in the portal there's really not much to report today from the transfer portal at least from ou side and really even nationally all that much this has been the slowest portal day in, in about a week is what it feels like. Portal yeah. updates are brought to you by Swift Co. Roofing and Construction. 
405-831-8222. But outside of a couple of Clemson defensive backs um, entering into the portal, not no, not 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 much. The Makuba kid, um, someone's texting in from the 908, Toriano Pride and Makuba. The Makuba kid, he's from Austin, and the scuttlebutt initially is that he's going to go back to Austin to play his last two years. But he was the first freshman, true freshman defensive back that's ever started at Clemson since freshmen were eligible to play in the 70s. So that's a couple of big losses for them. And Toriano Pride is the number one corner in the portal right now. Huh. Well, what do you, is is there any thought Oklahoma has a chance at either one of those guys? I mean, it would be Toriano Pride if it's either one of those. Yeah. Which we corners one and of I, the main positions and, of emphasis. And I think he did. He have text line. Was he the one that entered today with the no tag? Which means essentially he's already made his decision. No, no contact. So he may already have his decision in place on where he's going to go. I believe that was him today. <laughs> Do you know where he's from and kind of like what his recruiting story was? Uh, I Not much about Toriano Pride, but the thought is that he may be headed to Missouri is the initial thought there. Gotcha. All right. Well, there you go. Interesting stuff. Be nice to uh, to hit some of these, these big – these big portal guys that are going to be jumping in, uh, especially on the line. More of names right. will appear. More names. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Far, far from the end. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out at Metro Ford of OKC. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra. With a- Brought to you by Yalagosny Law. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? Yalagosny Law Firm fights hard for you to get everything you deserve. Call or text for a free no-obligation consultation. That's Yalagosny Law at 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, pretty big stuff here from NCAA President Charlie Baker. Some proposed rule changes that would allow Division One schools for the first time to pay their athletes in ways that are not tied to educational resources. Um, shared some of the proposed changes in a letter sent to member schools. Uh, and if Division One schools choose to adopt the rules... They would be allowed to enter into name, image, and likeness deals directly with their athletes. The new rules would also create a new subdivision of Division One schools that would be allowed to create its own set of rules for recruiting, transfer, Uh-oh. roster size, and wide range of other policies. Whew. To be a part of that subdivision, each school would have to put millions of dollars each year into a trust fund for athletes. So how many schools would you, do you think we're talking about here? 20, 24, 32, 3, uh, 64? No, it, it, will be, it will be at least all the Power 5 schools. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're looking at, like, Notre Dame and some other yeah. non-Power 5s. Yeah. Yeah, it, it will be all of those schools so and the others. They, is... they just they would uh, pick a, a president, a governing body, whatever, and they're – I, I don't know, is that essentially well, a split from the NCAA in some ways? No, 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 no. I don't think they pick their own governing body. I think this 
allows for a um, a new division under the NCAA is what it sounds like to me. I could be wrong on that, um, but I I don't know. It, that's pretty. Those are pretty big time uh, rules or um, ideas coming from Baker. Um, yeah, new rules would also create a new subdivision of Division One schools. Um, and they'd be able to create their own set of rules. So I don't know if that means the NCAA is just lets them create it or if they just step away entirely. I don't know. Do you think Florida Maybe State would get right. to play with the big boys or do you think they'd have to go down to the uh, to the uh, Division Two level? Would they let Florida I mean, State in? Depending on if their quarterback's healthy or not, they'd get in? Probably. I don't know. Um, it's crazy, though. Schools in the high-paying high subdivision would be required to set aside a minimum of $30,000 per athlete for at least half of their athletes on an annual basis. That money is to help athletes continue educational pursuits during the summer after their careers, but there would be no requirements for how they spend it. Whew. I like it. I mean, at least, I guess when I say I like it, I like that there's at least an idea to get a, the right division of schools that can actually compete against one another and to lay out some concrete plans in order to be able to regulate it, hold each other accountable to these rules, and and off you go. So, I, that's what we need. The Wild West still is bad. So just take advantage, full advantage of this main game this year while we still have it around. Enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy the main game next year while you while they're still coming to town. Okay, that's it. I won't take it for granted this year. That that main game, I can't wait. Let's go. And that's really all I've got, other than uh, Trevor Lawrence had a bad injury last night in what was an awesome football. That game. That was a bad loss for the for the Jaguars, but yeah, that was yeah. that was an awesome football game. Goes to overtime. I saw some uh, crazy stat. You have to. Maybe give me a couple of minutes on it. But the Jaguars hadn't played a Monday night football game in several years. And really? Yeah. Um, like Monday night football used to be kind of the game of the week. It, it used to be the big deal. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, it, we see some random teams on Monday night these days. I'll, I'll go back and uh, – I'll, I'll go back and look on that. I, it was some crazy stat that I heard today. Like, they hadn't played on Monday night or hadn't won on Monday night in, in quite some time. It surprised me. Uh, okay, yesterday, day one of the portal, 532 FBS scholarship players entered the portal on Monday, which is a 16% increase from last year. Jeez. 532 FBS scholarship players just yesterday alone. Day one, and... We ain't even close to being done. I mean, those numbers, last year the numbers were incredible. And the amount of guys that never ended up on another roster, at least that at the time whenever some of those articles were, were written, was huge. By the way, here, here it is. I just found it. The Jags played their first Monday night football game since 2011 last night. <laughs> <laughs> 2011? Jeez. Dang. Yeah, I I know. I, I heard that this morning. I think I Del like, Rio was still the coach at uh, Jacksonville mm. at that point. Mm. David Garrard was the quarterback. Probably so. Uh, okay, crazy. so New Mexico needs a new head coach, and Matt yeah. Wells is one of the finalists who is on staff right now. Sounds like Bronco Mendenhall, the former BYU-Arizona coach, could be the favorite. 
But Matt Wells down to one of the three finalists for that job. You'd like to keep him here in Norman selfishly, but at the same time, if he gets a head coaching gig somewhere, he's he ain't going to think twice. He's going to take that. And best of luck to him if that's what ends up happening for Matt Wells. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That's – you know he's what well, he's uh he's interviewed for a couple of jobs now, right? And I think the Nevada job was one of them, I believe. Yeah. Oregon State, yeah. I think he was uh, initially rumored to be on that list of candidates for that job. So he's he's gotten some interviews for sure. DJ Uyunglele is in the portal and the two rumored names right now for him, Louisville, which would mean back to the ACC or right. Mississippi State. So Jeff Lebby's trying to find his quarterback for next year, and he may be going to uh, DJU, the former Clemson and Oregon State quarterback, for his QB1 next season. How do you like that fit, potentially? Interesting. I don't really like it for the fit with uh, Jeff Lebby. I think that Lebby, especially in year one, would go a long way if he was able to get a a running dual-threat quarterback. And that's not really DJ's game. Yeah. I mean, he can maybe run around a little bit, but is he a, you know. Yeah, you want a guy that can run it around a lot of the exact replica. Yeah, in that conference for sure. Just just slide whoever the quarterback is next year at Mississippi State. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Phil Parker, the Iowa defensive coordinator, won the Broyles Award, given to the best assistant in college football. Made the conference championship game this year. I know the Big Ten West was TRBL terrible. Um, but Iowa, uh, their D.C., gets the Broyles Award for the best assistant. Sure, their defensive huh. ranks were rather high with the well, the offense they had on the other yeah. side. I mean, I, I guess that – I don't know. That's fine, I guess, whatever. What do I care? I think the offense being so bad probably helped Phil Parker out uh, getting the Broyles Award. But we couldn't – we couldn't – Find anyone else that took a, a ragtag group and, and turned them into a really good unit. Hell, how about what's his name? Offensive coordinator for Alabama who Tommy Reese dead. Yeah, everyone hated that hire when it initially happened. Hated the hire. That. They sputtered out of the gate, and then by the end of the season, Mill Rose claiming he deserves the national uh, the Heisman Trophy. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to go back to Alabama for that, but. I mean, a team, it's just Iowa. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one I have, Rivals has their new uh, updated 250 rankings for the 2024 class. OU yeah. commit David Stone, defensive lineman, is the number seven overall player in the class. Uh, you got Taylor huh. Tatum, the running back, the number 50 overall player. Nigel 50. Smith, uh, defensive lineman, is 98. What, you think too low for Taylor Tatum? I don't know. I thought he was a five star. Well, I mean, he is on. Uh, I think the composite is a is a five star with with Tatum. Okay. The number fifty overall player, Nigel Smith, is ninety eight, and you've got some others. Um, they got ten in the top two fifty for OU in this class, and Eddie Pierre Louis, a four star offensive lineman from the state of Florida, is going to announce in ten days. The recent thought, though, this recruitment has gone back and forth, is that OU's the leader right now with ten days left. He's the number 28 overall player. So if OU gets EPL, at least in Rivals' mind, it would be their highest-ranked offensive commit and their second-highest-ranked commit, period. And it's just funny, and we laugh about this on Locked In, that Rivals has him as a top-30 player nationally. 
I don't think 24-7 has him as a top 30 player in his own state. The other two services have him <laughs> ranked well outside the top 100. So I don't... That's just... I don't know. That's inexcusable. I guess find I, I, you find you someone um, that loves uh, EPL as much as Rivals does. Who knows? Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, that Rivals is right or whoever else is wrong. But that's there shouldn't be that wide of a margin on a guy that you have that ranked that high. That's weird. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will come back and wrap up hour number two here from Metro Ford of OKC. The word is spreading and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans. And that's the ref radio sports network and worldwide on the K ref. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. OU and Providence coming your way 6 p.m. tonight at the LNC. OU listed as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, 19th-ranked Sooners taking on Providence tonight. Dude, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really, really excited for this game. And I think a lot of people really got excited about things after the USC win. I know O'Connell's was going crazy. When yeah. OU got the putback to win that game. Was that right after the – was that the West Virginia game? That was right after the TCU game on the Friday. Oh, is it TCU? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So they turn it over to the OU-USC basketball game. Everyone goes crazy. And it felt like since that moment, or, or maybe even the day before when they won on Thanksgiving Day, um, it was, all right, yeah, this team is fun. They're athletic. They can play above the rim. Let's Let's go. So I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like. 6 p.m. on a Tuesday, you know, not not necessarily the best time for some people, but there's there's some excitement to watch this team tonight. I can feel it. Yeah. Do you think after the students showed up in in big numbers to the McCaslin, the student only game, that they show back up uh, to the LNC? God, I mean, if they're ever going to, as much fun as it looked like they had. If they're ever going to, they would after that, right? Like, not only did it look awesome, but they scored the most points in the Porter Moser era. So, for yeah. the show that they were looking to put on, I don't think they could have put out a better product that night last week. Yeah. What do you think yeah, they go I, this I, week? Providence at home and Arkansas and Tulsa. Zero and two, one and one, or two and zero. Two and zero. Nice. Okay. Sweet. I, as long as they run Arkansas out of the gym and the coach gets tossed out of the game, takes his shirt off, mm-hmm. and leaves. Which, honestly, that's more that's more likely than the 2-0 and result this week is yeah. if Musselman gets ejected and takes his shirt off, throws a fit, yeah. acts like a baby. There, it, 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 there tends to be, at least the times that I've watched Arkansas play, it feels like at some point in the game, he's got to make a really grandiose move to remind everyone that the game is about him mm-hmm. and him alone. <laughs> All right? So maybe the same thing will happen again this year in Tulsa. He is a guy that I think in his contract when he renegotiated it, hey, I want a certain amount of uh, time on the uh, Jumbotron during games this yeah. year. Four and a half minutes right, at he- least of screen time this season. Here's the thing. He's done a good job with them, though. Program uh, is is playing good ball. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush here at Metro Ford of OKC. Stay tuned. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF.